We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner. The highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves. Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in the small business life story. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Small Business with the McGraw Council. I'm your host, John Beeman. And today I just want to take a few minutes to kind of talk about, you know, kind of discuss some of the insights that we've had from some of our previous podcast guests. Uh, if you've been listening to our uh, podcast, you've noticed that we've had a lot of small business owners from a wide variety of industries, from, a, you know, from different areas of the country. And they all have different perspectives and different insights. But I'll summarize uh, right now and then go into detail later on. Everything kind of goes back to building a structure. Um, when you're building a business, you've got to remember that you're building a set of systems and processes, not just an operation, not just a hustle, not just a hobby. If that's what you want, those are all totally okay, but you must understand the limitations of the capacity. Uh, but anyway, we'll go into the details on that later on. There were a few other things that I wanted to talk about from our recent podcast guests. Uh, one of it, one of these insights comes from small business owner Anthony Siciliano from up in New York. And one of the things that he said uh, that really spoke to him as a business owner be precise. Be precise in everything that you do. When you're establishing goals, when you're establishing metrics or key performance indicators, more commonly known as KPIs, when you're tracking your finances, whatever it might be, be precise and be as precise as you can. Try not to leave things too vague or too open-ended. Yes, when you're having the strategy discussions and you're formulating the plan and in those early stages being vague is okay to an extent, but when it comes time to really finalizing the plan, aligning the strategy with the vision, establishing the tactics, and then especially down to uh, execution, it is imperative that you are precise in everything. Um, I think we've all seen the examples of the games that people play when you take a card and you describe it to the next person and they describe it without reading the card to the next person who goes all the way around the room. And by the time you get to you know, the eighth or 10th person, it's something totally, totally different. That's because precision is lacking. You need to be precise in your business. You need to know exactly what you are shooting for, what you're trying to accomplish, how you're gonna get there, what it's going to take to get you there, what resources you need, so on and so forth. Um, that even plays into you know things like you know establishing a, a target audience. Many many times at the McGraw Council, we see we see it all the time. Someone will say, you know, my ideal target client is you know anyone in this industry. No, that's who you can work with, not with your target audience. So when you're establishing your target audience, when you're establishing a goal for like number of number of accounts or revenue goal or number of sales or projects, whatever your metric might be, be precise, have a rationale to it. Don't pull some number out of a hat at random. Make sure that it is a very, very real number and make sure that you can get there. I'll give you another example. A lot of times we hear small business owners, you know, project into the future and they're looking at their forecasts and things and they go, you know, I'm going to increase sales by 10%. 
That's a great goal, and I'm all for growth. I think everyone is for growth. But in order to achieve that 10%, you need to increase a metric by that same amount to produce that, that increase in results. So what metric are you increasing to yield that 10% extra in sales? But the next question is, do you have the capacity for that? If you're just saying, I want to grow my business to a better level next year, that's not a goal. That's just a, that's very, 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 very loose. It's extremely vague. That doesn't count. You've got to be specific when it's your growth, your goals, your metrics, your vision for your business. Be precise. When you leave it open-ended, you leave it open to interpretation. And then especially when you're dealing in a team environment, that can just lead to total incomplete disaster. Um, another uh, business insight that I want to talk a little bit about is from a uh, small business owner in Texas by the name of Randy Rue. And one of the things, he actually had two points that we're going to talk about here. One of the things that he said was imperative for small businesses, build a good business plan. It's one of the most common, uh, most foundational, most basic tools you can use, but it is extremely important. That business plan is going to create the framework for everything that you do afterwards, whether it be in marketing or whether it be in sales or HR or financial management, whatever it might be, you need to have a good business plan in place. Um, let me give you an example as to why. If you have a small business owner, you know, let's say HVAC, let's use the HVAC industry. You have a technician who's been 15 years in the industry and they start their own HVAC business if they don't have a business plan, they don't really know where they're going in terms of destination. And the employees, the team members, they don't really know where the organization's going. There's no set of values. There's no, this is what we believe in. And what happens is everyone starts running all over the place and it turns into chaos. Chaos cannot sustain itself. At some point in time, either the chaos gets fixed or the chaos destroys and then there's nothing left. You know, we all know the statistic, 80 to 90% of small businesses go under in the first few years. That's the reason why the U.S. Chamber of Commerce ran a study. They said the top three reasons small business goes under, they're undercapitalized, it's poor planning, and it's poor management. If you have the right structure in place, you prevent every single one of those issues. So really, before you're starting out, create a business plan. And if you're already rolling, and even if life seems great and life seems awesome, Get it on paper. It doesn't count if it's not in writing. And that applies to agreements as well. That was another former podcast guest uh, by the name of Mike Ross from Texas. If you don't have it on paper, it doesn't count. It's not real. It's just an idea. It's just a thought. Thoughts and ideas are great, but they are not reality until they are on paper. And that's part of the significance of putting your business plan, a good business plan on paper. You're saying that you as an individual, as an entity, you are committing to this endeavor. You are putting everything that you've got into it. And then at the same time, you're also expecting those that you bring onto your team to work for that same end goal as well. Let me give you an example of that. Let's say you have a small business and they're writing their business plan and in their values, they list, you know, integrity. That's a really, really good thing to list. And excellence, well, safety, you could go down the list, but those are some really basic, really, really good ones. If you have a potential employee who is more focused on the short-term goal, the short-term sale, isn't afraid to cut corners to get there, that's not going to be a good fit. 
if you don't have in writing what your values really are, what your company stands for, that's going to be an easy thing to miss. So what happens is, all too common, the small business will hire that individual. There's a lot of rub and friction and conflict. It doesn't go well at all. That damages the brand of the business. The employee's disgruntled. The employer is not in a good place, and they part ways. And it, you know, it's it goes downhill, downhill, downhill. The best way to prevent that: have a good business plan. List out the values of the company. A good business plan is going to have a strong vision statement, a crystal clear mission statement, strong values. It's going to establish the organizational structure. Who reports to whom, what are their expected roles and expected duties, responsibilities, so on and so forth. But then we'll also help you identify gaps and resources that you have. So when you're saying, you know, build a good, strong business plan, obviously it's best if you do it before you get going, but it is definitely better to be late than never when it comes to writing a business plan. You can write them on your own. You can get people to help you. You can take your time and, you know, spend a month on it if you want. But all of that being said, if you want to succeed in small business and have a long-term valuable asset, you need a business plan. Um, you know, another thing that our podcast guest mentioned uh, as a as an important component to successful business ownership was having a marketing plan. This was an interesting one. If you Google what percentage of small businesses don't have a marketing plan, the number comes back to right about 50% or so. That is a frighteningly high number when you think about it, because let me present it to you this way. Out of the millions upon millions upon millions of small businesses in the United States, less than half of them actually have a plan to grow their business. Think about that. Think about the significance of that. Less than half of the small businesses we have here in the United States have a plan to grow their sales. Every small business owner will tell you, you know, their number one goal, it's sales, it's sales, it's sales, increasing revenue, so on and so forth. That's an excellent goal. It's a great idea. What's the plan to get there? Less than 50% of small businesses will tell you that they actually have a written marketing plan and writing. And we, we could go on for this about hours and hours and talk about the differences between marketing and sales, but I do want to highlight it real fast. In our economy today, you almost have to you have to market your marketing. You have to really do a very strong job of bringing people to the table. It's not the way it was years ago when we existed in the build it and they will come economy. That's that's not the way it works anymore. You need to have a plan to get people's attention to and walk them through that customer journey. If you follow what we do here at the McGraw Council, you see us reference that a lot. And you're the customer journey mapping. You need to have a strong plan as to how you capture one's attention how you actually get them to look at you sitting at the table, so to speak, using that come to the table analogy, get them to sit down, then get them to engage, get them to sign the paper, and then get them to come back again. That doesn't just happen by itself. And if it is happening by itself, and you're one of those very few lucky business owners, you need to get this on paper because then you can scale it and take it to the next level. Then it's a matter of replicating, controlling your system or set of processes again, which we mentioned earlier, You've got to have the marketing plan. That marketing plan will be that go-to system to bring people into the door. You have to have that in today's economy. If you want to take your small business to the next level, you need to have a marketing plan. You need to have a business plan. And we could go through all of the structural components of a small business as part of what we do. Um, but you've got to have those, those fundamentals. You've got to have your business plan, your operating procedures, quality control, your marketing plan, um, a customer journey map, a budget, a financial forecast. 
And you know, in today's day and time, you need to have a plan to digitize. You've got to have a plan to leverage and harness technology. And that really ties into your marketing um, as well. If you really take the time to sit down and, and write a thorough and complete marketing plan, you'll notice that you have a lot of digital interaction there. Uh, I'd wager a lot on that. Why do we know that? There are various studies and statistics out there showing the growth and significance of the digital economy. I think it was McKinsey and company ran a study and they found that I believe it was over 75 or 73% of consumers purchased goods or services online or on a mobile device. It's a digital purchase. The digital economy is valued at over $1.85 trillion. So it's obviously got massive potential for any small business owner. You, you need to utilize the digital economy, which again, like I said earlier, ties right into your marketing plan. And you can go into you know, more nitty gritty details on that as well. But the bottom line remains, if you want to make your business a real asset that produces wealth for you, that takes you to where you want to go, that helps you accomplish your life goals and your life vision, you need to have a marketing plan. A marketing plan is going to help you get there. You know, then lastly, you know, we talked about it earlier. As you're building all of these things, your business plan, your marketing plan, um, your digitalization, your, your budgeting, your forecasting, so on and so forth, remember that you are not just running a job. You are not just performing operations. You as the business owner are building a set of systems and processes. So the way we like to differentiate businesses from a gig, if someone is owner operator and they don't really have a plan for growth, they just want to be their own boss, they have no strong or clear vision, if that's what they want, that is absolutely okay. However, that is an extremely limited business model. You cannot grow and scale that. That business model only works so long as that individual can work in the business. The problem with that is that's not a great retirement plan. That's not something that you can say, I'm going to build my business up and then I'm going to either liquidate it or I'm going to pass it on to the next generation, something like that. You can't do that when it's all built on you. If you want to build a small business that lasts, something that you can liquidate, you know, sell later on or pass it on to a family member, whatever the case might be, if you want your business to produce wealth for you, to create value for you, you need to focus on building the set of systems and processes. Why do you want to look at it like that? The reason why you want to look at it like the set of systems and processes is because then you have something that you can give to other people to build. For example, if you're the HVAC guy who's been doing it for 15 years and you're starting your own company, you start off, you build it up, you hit your goals, you're growing. If you've recorded everything, if you've tracked your data, if you've built the system and you know what you're doing and you can actually get it on paper, then you can pay someone else to do it. You literally say, hey, here's what I did. Just follow this to the T. I want to go do it again over here. And you can, you can scale that model because as long as you're able to start up a new crew or a new location, whatever that magical metric might be, you're able to grow your business. And then at a certain point in time, you can hire someone to do what you're doing with that. And that's how you really start seeing the significant growth. If you are trying to make your scalability model be built upon yourself, or if you don't want to grow beyond that, again, there's nothing evil about that whatsoever. But know the limitations. That kind of a business model will not get you to where you want to go. It will not get you to the max potential possible, so to speak. If you want to hit your max potential, think about your business 
as a set of systems and processes. Think how you can bring people in to do what you're doing right now so you can open up more you opportunities, so to speak. So you can hire more people to do it. So you can get that extra HVAC truck. So you can get the extra set of software, whatever it might be that's important to you and your business. Focus on building the system so that you can focus on growing the set of systems and processes, not just the operation. Yes, the next sale is important, but it should be a process. There should be a basic process that people flow through to give you business. And that's another great way to look at your business. Is your current sales um, process a true process or is it new sale every time? Every day is a new day. Every problem is a new problem. Every sale is a new sale. That's not scalable and you won't be able to make it scalable. In order to make it scalable, you need to make it repeatable. You need to make it predictable. You need to be able to make it so that someone else can come in there and do exactly what you're doing. Even though it feels like a vulnerable position giving that up, it's actually really, really empowering. It allows you to do more, you're creating value, and it will help you achieve your dreams. So I don't wanna take up too much time today. I wanna to keep this brief. Uh, just going over a few of the things that really stuck out to us over the last couple of weeks. Be precise in everything that you do. Have a good, strong business plan in place. Have a good, strong marketing plan in place. And remember that as you build your business, you are building a set of systems and processes, not just a job. Thank you so much to our sponsors. We could not do this without them. Everything we do here at the McGraw Council would not be possible without them. We'd like to thank Merchant Masters, uh, McGraw Capital Partners, Turtle Creek Financial Group, Job uh, Job Formers with their Job Fit Report, and Exceba. Thank you all so much for supporting us in our endeavors to help the small business community nationwide. Y'all stay safe, stay blessed. Remember to like, comment, and share, and let's keep helping the small business community.